Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. Brett, how you doing? Good, man. Thank you, Jesus. Please stand one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hey, Deborah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here we go. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank you for today, dear Jesus. I thank you, dear Lord, for your presence in this place, dear Lord. I thank you for your I do to us, dear Jesus, that you're constantly in communion with us, dear Lord, that you're constantly loving on us, dear Jesus. I thank you, dear Lord, that we have an opportunity, dear Lord, a privilege, the will to get to love you back. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through this ministry, dear Jesus. We pray over Pastor Sandy right now, dear Lord. We pray that the word comes hot and heavy and thick, dear Jesus, but with a clear understanding, dear Lord, of what you're telling us and teaching us, dear Lord, that we can see with clarity what the Spirit is saying, dear Jesus. With bowed hearts, dear Lord, we come with an excitement to hear from you on this day. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> Sharon, in the house. Tahira, this one like a homecoming. You got Scott, Tahira, Sharon. Ooh. This is good. Praise the Lord. All right. Nicole, you taking them out? Yes, sir. All right. I call the cute corner. You guys. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. How many, did you guys, the people who weren't here on Wednesday or Thursday, did you guys see Wednesday or Thursday's message? Yes. Praise the Lord. Um, on Wednesday or Thursday, we talked about uh, the pineal gland, which I had not really taught on since 2016. Um, it's one of those deceptions that uh, Satan knows about, but he doesn't give that privilege to humans, okay? So you have to figure it out on your own or you got to find some pastor that God can show it to who's willing to preach on it. Um, but um, uh, when, when it comes to the pineal gland and the deception, the deception is really simple, is that Satan can't operate unless you open doors. And so I've got to make it a really simple way for you to open your doors. So the simple way for uh, you to open your doors is drugs, alcohol, and uh, yoga and music, okay? So those are the ways that open your spiritual door to you, which is the pineal gland. Now, Satan knows this, so he doesn't matter whether you do it through alcohol or do it through marijuana or you do it through um, 
uh, mushrooms or LSD or DMT or ayahuasca, whatever way you want to open your door to let a demon in, Satan is all for it. Okay? So people say, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I only smoke weed. Well, you're always going to have demonic activity in your life. Okay, I'm a Christian, but I only drink, you know, uh, when when I'm celebrating. Okay, well, then you're opening yourself for demonic activity at that time. Okay, so the thing about the thing about um, Satan is he doesn't care how the door gets open. I mean, if you want to do LSD, feel free. But it's like just open the door because we can't have activity unless humans let us in. Okay. Otherwise, demons could just go in anybody they want to at any time they want, but they can't. They're waiting for. And so they create opportunities. OK, yeah. they create nightclubs because there's drinking there. There's 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 music there. OK, because one of the ways of opening Pinel gland is through music. There's uh, the lighting's there. Everything he's setting up like I've got to keep demonic activity in the world, but I have to get humans to cooperate with me, okay? So we don't know that, so we think, oh, they should make weed legal because it's not really that bad. Well, every demon is gonna agree with you. It's like, yeah, it doesn't do anything up to you, but open your pineal gland, you know, so we can get in, that's all it does to you, you know? So sometimes Satan knows things that we don't know and people don't talk about it, so, uh, we walk around ignorant of those things, even though they are a part of the war. OK, because if you don't know, then you're, you're susceptible. OK, Amen. so. Um, I am going to I had a series of questions that the Lord wanted to me to. How many of you guys know the difference between the 70th week of Daniel and the fig tree generation. How, do, how many of you guys know the difference? Okay, Pastor Ben does, because he's been with me forever. But listen, the 70 week of Daniel is something that does not start until after the church leaves. Did you guys know that? The church has to leave before the 70th week of Daniel happens. So that seven years that is talked about in the book of Revelation, there's going to be three and a half years and three and a half years. That doesn't get started until the church leaves. OK, but there is a, another segment called the tribulation that begins as soon as we leave. OK, the tribulation and the 70 week of Daniel is not the same thing. Amen. We're gone, and once we leave, you can you can bet they are now in tribulation. Yeah. You understand? Because the world is without the Holy Spirit, the church is gone, and the activity is going to start right away. You understand? Mm -hmm. But until someone comes forth and declares a seven-year peace agreement and enforces it, then the 70th week of Daniel then starts. And that will last for seven years, okay? The last part of the 70th week of Daniel is Jesus building the temple. Did you know that? The last year, the last, I, I would say, I'll, I'll go out and say, the last couple of years or so of that time will be Jesus, when he returns, is going to rebuild the temple 
And once he rebuilds the temple, then the Holy Spirit has to come into the temple and then the 70th week of Daniel is over. So if you read Daniel chapter nine and you read toward the end, it'll say when the Kadosh Kadoshim gets anointed, when the Holy Spirit comes into the, the holy place of the temple, then the 70th week of Daniel will be over. Jesus cannot land on earth and build the temple on the same day. I mean, he could, he's God, but that's not how it happens, okay? When he lands, then he says he's gonna rebuild the temple. And then when he rebuilds the temple, he's going to, he's going to, the spirit of God is going to enter into the temple. And then that will be the end of the 70th week of Daniel. So this is the problem that we have is that people think that the tribulation and the 70th week of Daniel is the same thing and it's not, okay? So people are getting a hold of me, pastor, we're running out of time because the fig tree generation will be over with when in 2028 or 2029 early part, which is Passover. And so we don't have seven years for that. How is this possible? Well, it's very possible because you're mixing up the two, you understand? So the other question, we're gonna go over that, but the other question the Lord wants me to, to ask you is, the, the days of Noah, is it talking about Noah rescuing seven of his family members? or 12 of his family members. Seven plus Noah makes eight, right? When Jesus returns and Jesus is called, he's our grace, so he's our Noah, he's rescuing how many? Seven or 12? Seven. Does God eventually rescue the nation of Israel, which is 12 tribes? Yes, but when does he do that? at the end of the tribulation, you understand? So once you begin to know and understand these, and this is what the Lord was showing me uh, um, uh, last night, was that we're in perfect timing now. He said, this is perfect. And I almost forget my own teaching. I'm like, how is it perfect? He said, the five years is perfect and nobody understands. And I'm like, five years, he said in his scriptures that the tribulation is gonna be cut short. Did you know that? The tribulation is gonna be cut short. So the tribulation doesn't last seven years. The 70th week of Daniel lasts seven years. But God wants you to know that you're in perfect timing now. And this is the time that we need to know and understand what God is doing over what the world is doing. The Lord said it would be very comfortable for you to let the church believe that, okay, since the rapture haven't happened, relax, enjoy life and enjoy and try to live for your blessings. That would be, he said, that would be very comfortable, but he said it would be a lie because they don't have that much time. And the thing about it is, it's a perfect time for what's about to happen. Someone sent me the thing that they are planning. They say they're getting started. They have a countdown on the on the uh, plan for the UN seven year deal, right? 
And they said it starts in 2024. And so they sent out a countdown of how it's going to be completed at the end of the seven years. Okay. And I keep trying to tell you guys, demons know times. Okay. They asked Jesus, what you doing here before the time? What are you doing here to punish us before the time? Yeah, that's true. If I was Jesus, I was like, how you know the time? But Jesus already know, they know the time. So, if you are a person that is trying to place in your mind that the rapture and the pre-tribulation rapture and the tribulation is confusing and it's just not good to be a part of the whole argument, you're fooling yourself because God is the author of the Bible and he's already wrote the story. You're a part of the story. So you can't teach or understand things opposite of what the author wrote. God wrote the Bible in a certain way for you to understand it in a certain way. That's why he began telling you the end from the beginning. So when you get toward the end, you can say, I can go back to the beginning and get the blueprint because the blueprint's going to tell me what the end's supposed to look like. Okay. So um, to get this started, I want us to go to um, Genesis chapter 41, I think. Yes, Genesis chapter 41. We are teaching church, and I just have to, we just have to admit it that most people that come here come to learn. Amen. And most people that tune in, they come to learn, okay? And so when we're reading about the book of Joseph, who knows what Joseph means in Hebrew? God will add, okay? That means God's going to multiply Joseph, okay? Who gave Joseph to Egypt? God. He fixed it that Egypt, that Joseph had to end up in Egypt. Okay, so God gave Joseph a way to do what? To multiply the children of uh, the the Hebrews. So Joseph goes to to Egypt. First of all, who tried to kill him? His own brethren. Okay, so understand this. God is God is laying out the, the blueprint for the New Testament. Because he has to tell us the beginning. He has to tell us the end at the beginning. So here is God laying out the blueprint. And in this instance, he's going to use Joseph. He's going to let you see that Joseph is being given away into Egypt. And Egypt and Egypt is where he's going to multiply his people. Okay. And Joseph is there. His brothers tried to kill him. What other thing can we talk about, Joseph? Oh, Joseph went to prison, didn't he? Yeah. And who did he go to prison with? The bread keeper, the bread maker, and the, the wine cup, the guy who brings the wine cup. So he's in there with bread and wine. You understand? Now, Jesus says, my, my body is the bread and it gets crushed. So on the cross, the body got broken, but the blood redeems. 
So so who who survived the the bread the guy who was the baker or the guy with the wine who brought the wine the bread has to get crushed so when the guy who had the who was the the baker had the dream his dream led him to be go back into the palace to get his head chopped off cuz he represented the bread the bread gets crushed but the wine guy he got restored back to his job now here you have Jesus on the cross and he's got two people with him. One of them's going to make it and the other one's not. You understand? Yeah. It's God just telling you the story, but he's saying, I've got to lay a blueprint. So when it happens, you'll see it happen just the way I planned it. OK. Now, in uh, Genesis chapter 41. And I believe let me No, I don't have to believe I know. Uh, 41 verse 45. Okay. And we're going to start at 44, but I'm going to have to lay it out for you a little bit. What happened with, with Joseph that made the king want to escalate him to the high position of second ruler over Egypt? He interpreted a dream. And what did the dream say? There's going to be seven years of famine. So you better take this seven years and prepare yourself and stack up. And we're going to get the storage houses and we're going to save everything because the whole world is going to need us for food. You understand? So in his wisdom, he was able not only to just save Egypt, but the whole world. The king elevated him to top in command in, in, in Egypt. OK, now, before the famine starts. He does this here, um, 41 verse 44. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephanathiah or Panai and gave uh, him Asenoth, uh, 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 daughter of uh, Pontipharah, priest of On, uh, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. So here's Joseph getting married to, to this Gentile bride. And her father is a priest of On, which was a, which was a, a demonic statue, which was a statue they worshiped. You know I mean? So he's marrying a pagan woman who's a Gentile because really there's no Egyptian women in Israel right now, right? So this Jewish guy is marrying a Gentile bride and him and his Gentile bride are gonna live, live in the palace, okay? But what hasn't happened yet? The famine. There hasn't been a famine yet. So therefore, since there haven't been a famine yet, are you telling me that a Gentile bride gets to go and live in the palace before the famine be begins? Yes. So now if I get to talking to you about the rapture and I tell you that the Gentile bride is not going to go into the palace before the famine starts, that means I'm telling you the opposite story of the Bible. Therefore, I don't know the word of God. And when it comes to the rapture, I need to be quiet because I'm not telling the author's story. You understand? It's important for us to make sure that when we're teaching the word of God, we're teaching what God is teaching in the word, because if you teach opposite of it, then you are offending the author 
And the author says, your judgment is high. You're taking the, the role of the teacher and you don't know what you're talking about. So it says your judgment is going to be harsher because you need to know what you're talking about. If I don't know something, a, a lady asked me a question once on our Thursday and she said, what does it mean that seven women are going to go and they're going to ask a, a Gentile to take us to be your bride? And I'm, I'm like, I kind of know what it meant in my head, but I didn't want to say because I hadn't studied it and I didn't really know. I had a guess. But we're not allowed to guess. You understand? Do you, do you know? You guys know that we're not allowed to guess the word of God. Like I think, you know, what are they selling now? Before the tribulation, they built forty-five million dollars, three complexes. The 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 Abrahamic saints. Okay, so that means Satan is like I'm building these three complexes so that the Muslims, the 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 what else? The Muslims and the, the the Christians and the Jews can all worship in the three Abrahamic faiths. Can I ask you a question? How many faiths does Abraham have? How many how many religions in the world are really operating after after Abraham? After the the the, the anointing or the, the the religion of Abraham? Only one. Not even Judaism is a Abrahamic religion right now. You know why? Because their religion doesn't cause them to believe by faith and by faith receive the Holy Spirit in the Messiah. That's Abrahamic faith. You understand? Abraham believed God and God gave him the Holy Spirit. The Jews believed Moses and they tried to keep 316 laws. That's not Abrahamic faith. You understand? Yeah. The Muslims believed in Allah, the moon God, and there's no Abraham connected to that. You understand? So there's only one Abrahamic faith, and the Abrahamic faith is that I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the lamb is going to come, he's going to be sacrificed, he's going to be resurrected, and so much that I'll even to willing to take my son to the mountain you told me he believed god and god accredited him righteousness and added a hey in the middle of his name for the holy spirit amen you understand only one abrahamic faith on the earth but the world tells you there's three abrahamic faiths and i will say it this satan tells you there's three abrahamic faiths there's not you understand so we always have to be preaching what the Bible is preaching, okay? Um, here we are. Okay, so so Abraham, uh, I mean, Joseph gets married. Let's go to 40, to chapter 45. Same book. And I'm going to start reading at verse... Uh, Four. It says, then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. Now, what just happened? Abraham is king. I mean, Joseph is king in Egypt. Joseph is king. His brothers have just run out of food. You got to stay with me because I'm going to hit you with what the Lord hit me with last night. OK. They just ran out of food. 
So they got to go to Egypt to get food. When they get there, the guy that is head over everything is the brother that they tried to kill. And he's and, and as he's there, he's he's letting them know, you know, at first he's speaking. He knows they're speaking in Hebrew. He's speaking Egypt in, in, in the Egyptian language. He knows everything they're saying, but they don't know what he's saying. So here it is. All right. It says in verse three, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Uh, is my father uh, still alive? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. <laughs> then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. So he's letting them know, you tried to kill me, but don't worry about it. It was God that had you do it because I had to die yeah. so that the whole world could be saved through me. Yeah. This is what Jesus is going to say to the, to the Jews, to the Hebrews. I know you, you did it, but don't worry about it. God sent me to have this done so that we could save the multitude of the world. And now I'm here to save you as well. Yes. Okay. So it says here, um, oh, here it is. He says, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was saved lives that God sent me ahead of you. Two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to save lives by the great deliverance. So two years of the famine had gone by before they came to visit. Do you hear that? Yeah. So that means that God, Joseph had to protect him for what? The next five years. Did it last seven years? Yes, because it started two years earlier. Is it going to last seven years? Yes, but it's going to start two years later, but it's going to end as he lands and he build, rebuilds the temple. Then he marries Israel. You understand? Yes. Yeah. So the, the five years God was showing me, five years is the perfect timing. Tell the people, five years is the perfect timing. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 1948, before Passover, you're in perfect timing. So don't think like the world thinks. Because you can sit here, and if the malls are open and you've got cable, you can sit here with Israel at war and about to go into a greater war because Iran now wants revenge. And all of these Arabic nations now want revenge. Okay, because they killed their leader. And then now you said, oh, well, Hamas is only a problem in Gaza. Did you, did you see Iran? There were two million people came out to, 
to mourn this guy's death and they were all wearing Hamas colors. I'm like, is all of Iran Hamas? Yes. Hezbollah, all of these nations that are going to come against the nation of Israel, they're all very angry because of this assassination. So you can be sitting here with Israel in trouble right before the God made our war, and you can be thinking to yourself, I still have enough time to build a business, raise my kids, and, and send them off to college. You can think that, but Jesus has already said, when Israel's is rebirth, you're in the last generation, okay? You know how you tell somebody, call somebody a liar? Like, what's, this, what's your name, sir? Benjamin. I don't believe you. What'd I just do? I just, I said, I, don't, I said, I said, you're lying. You understand? It may be true, but by me not believing you, I just called you a liar. God says, I told you this is the last generation. If you don't believe me and you want to call me a liar, you go right ahead. But it's not going to change the word of God. It's not going to change the state of the world. It's not going to change this next five years. It's not going to change the U.N. planning the next seven years to change the whole world and to make sure we have three Abrahamic faiths and everybody is under the, the 666 mark of the beast. It's not going to change them and it's not going to change God. So do who does it have to change? It has to change me and my mentality in the way I approach my walk with Amen. Christ. Amen. Amen. We can't think like the world, you guys. The battle and the war is over us, over human beings. You are a part of this war. This is why God wanted me to expose this pineal gland thing. God said, you haven't talked about it since 2016. There's a lot of people don't even know. They're smoking weed and going to church and can't figure out why their lives haven't changed. Because as long as you do, demons gonna smell it, and they're going to go, I know where pineal glands open. We can go march up in there. So you have to know the game so that you know how the war goes. And then you got to know what the general has assigned for you so that you operate on the plan of the general and not operate on the plan of the world. Yes. Praise God. Let's go to... Um, Do I have to? Yeah, let's go to, to uh, Psalms chapter 124 first. Psalms When you get there, say amen. amen. All right. Psalms, these are ascension psalms, and 124 tells us a very uh, particular story of what's going on in 2024. I thought 2024 would be the middle of the tribulation because I surely thought that 120 would be the end. Okay? And so if 124 is the beginning of the tribulation, that means that Israel can anticipate more war. Yeah. 
Let's, 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 let's hear what it says here. It says, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, I like that. Whenever you hear the Bible say, let Israel now say, is God giving them an invitation to say, Baruch HaVashim Adonai. It says, let Israel now say the words that bring forth the Messiah to rescue you. Okay, so it says here, um, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel now say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us, us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging water would have swept us away. Praise be the Lord who has let us, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like, uh, like a bird out of a fowler snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So it appears to me that a flood of war and anger is going to come against Israel, but it's God who's going to rescue them. I don't know if that's Gog Magog. I don't know if it's the Arabic nations that are going to attack them, but Israel's troubles have just now begun until they meet the Antichrist. Yeah. So you think when they meet somebody who says, shut this down, no more war, and we got to let Israel rebuild the third temple. You think they're not going to accept that guy? They will. They are going to accept him. They're going to say this must be the Messiah. He's bringing peace and he's letting us rebuild the temple. He's got to be the Messiah. This is what the world. So it tells me this. The Bible story is coming true right in front of our eyes. It's like we've seen the movie before. If you've read the book, it's like I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. Yeah. You can sit there as a Christian. If you've read it, now, if you ain't read the book, <laughs> you just want a crazy Christian just sit there. What's next? <laughs> but if you read the book, you just eat your popcorn. Oh, I've seen this part, babe. This is when <laughs> we all disappear. You know, this is like it's not a problem for you. But if you don't know the book, you're going to be stressed out. Are we going to have another pandemic? Oh, my God. What is the next 20 years going to look like? I'll never pay my house off. You'll think like that because you are not in tune with God or the Bible. Amen. You won't know that Israel was rebirthed in 1948. You don't know that the last generation is almost over. You're going day to day. You're a church goer. You don't understand. So you're doing because they had church people attacking church people during the pandemic. Sure did. Calling you spreaders. Yeah. A bunch of spreaders put a mask on. I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're a Christian. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord to you too. So I put my mask on before you beat me up, right? It was it was crazy because they didn't understand what was going on. All they thought was, we've got to do what the government tells us. Yeah. Okay. I want to go, to, uh, 
Okay. I want to go to Genesis chapter 7 real fast. This is a good part. I like this. Genesis chapter 7. What happens in Genesis chapter 7? Genesis chapter 7. Let's see here. All right. Watch this, okay? Uh, verse 1. Let's start at verse 1. No. It says, uh, the Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Okay? Now, when they go into the ark, he says, in seven days, it's going to happen. It doesn't happen on the exact 6,000 year or on the exact day of his 600th birthday. He says, now, once you're in the ark, he says, now, wait seven days. 2017 was the 6,000th year of mankind, okay? We're about, we're going to be about seven days. So look, let's go. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, okay? So we've been in the ark for about seven days waiting for the rain to start. Yeah. I don't know where you've been, but that's what I'm, I've been waiting for the rain to start. Yeah. I'm in the ark. I'm in Christ. Lord, let's let's get the rain started. Let's get up out of here, right? I want the boat to rise up. I don't want to deal with Nephilim. I don't want to deal with evil people. I just want the rain to start so the boat can float up and we can be above this. Yeah. And so now he's waiting. Listen, in this time of judgment, he says a day is equal to a year. And then we could go back to, I think it's in Leviticus, where it tells you in the, when this time comes, a day will equal a year. That's why you're going away for seven years and it's considered a wedding feast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you'll be married for seven years, but it's considered seven days because for Israel, a day is equaling a year now. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Okay. So they, they go into the ark. Seven days later, it happens. He takes his wife and he takes his his sons and their wives, and it's seven of them. His name is Noah. Backwards means grace. So he's, if Jesus is your grace and your mercy, he's playing the role of Jesus, yes. and he's getting his family rescued, all seven. So now when Jesus comes back, is he coming back to rescue 12 or seven? Seven. 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 He doesn't come back for 12 to the end. Okay. Let's go to, this is what the Lord showed me this morning. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. And then I'm actually just like the Lord asked me. Because he wants to go, he says, why? Yeah, I go. Oh no, you tell me why. You're in 14? Okay, let's go to verse 20. And here it says, okay, bring them here, he said, and direct the people to see. Okay, I'm gonna start in verse 18, okay? Because all these people are coming in hungry, right? So he says, uh, I'll start in verse 16, I'm sorry. Jesus replied, uh, do. 
Uh, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here together, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. Um, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied. And, and the disciples uh, picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces were left over. You hear that? Let's go to 15 verse, verse 37. How many baskets were left over? Okay, 15 verse 37. They all ate and were satisfied afterwards and the disciples picked up seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Why 12 one place and why seven the other? Uh -huh. This is what God asked me. I'm asking you. That's good. So he said, it's not the same story. It's two different stories. I did this twice to show you that I'm going to have two rescues. Wow. One's going to involve 12 and the other one's going to involve seven. Yep. So you can never start telling people, oh, uh, oh, you're going to go through the tribulation and God's going to come back in the end and rescue Israel. Israel is 12. When is he going to rescue the seven? Right. So God is dealing with me on a logic basis. You understand? I wrote the book, Sandy. I wrote the book. Don't make up stuff because I wrote the book. You understand? Amen. I know what I'm doing and I already know what I proclaimed. So everybody who's in Christ, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, did they pierce him in the side? Yes. When Adam died uh, or, or was put to sleep, was he pierced in the side? What did that piercing get him? A bride. So the bride that he gets pierced for is the church, not Israel. Right. He redeems Israel at the end. The bride that's brought to him is the bride that he was pierced for, yeah. which is the church. Yes. You can't go outside of the author's book and start writing your own tales. Because if you do, God is going to say, I wrote the book. You are not allowed to speak the opposite of the author. Amen. Last scripture. Let's go to Revelation chapter four. I'm going to say this because the Lord wants me to say it. Um, he says it doesn't matter if you get it yet right now. You'll get it later, maybe Wednesday night. Um, when Noah and his family got saved, did it involve a boat? Yes, the ark, right? Yeah. Wow. So that rescue happened. In the 1,656 year of the world's existence. Okay? 
But you have this boat rescue. Jesus comes and he rescues. Now, <clears throat> in John chapter 21, when the disciples go out to go fishing and they find nothing, but they end up bringing 153 fish aboard back to the shore where Jesus is and is already cooking dinner, okay? That 153, what did it represent? The church. So there you have a second boat rescue at, and, and it's 153. Now in the book of Acts, Paul is on a boat and they're trying to get from to Malta. When Malta is the end, which meant what? Um, which meant uh, uh, land of living honey. But they're trying to get from Crete, which means in the flesh, to the land of milk and honey. It's 276 on board, okay? They all make it there to Malta. And when they get off the boat, he said the people there were uncharacteristically kind to us. Everybody was treating us so beautiful and well. They just came from flesh to the land of milk and honey, okay? That's the third boat rescue, okay? The one that happens in 21, in John 21, there is 153, which is a 17 uh, triangle, <clears throat> which is a 17 triangle. The 276, am I right? Uh, it was, it was yes. The 276 is the amount of people on the last boat, okay? And that is, and that is a 23rd triangle, okay? So now you've got a 23rd triangle and a 17th triangle, but both of them are representing boat rescues. Oh, by the way, if you say, let's multiply salvation six by 276, it's the same year as the flood started. It's the exact same year, okay? So God said, I'm trying to show you how important 2023 is. If somebody asks you when's the rapture, say, put your hope in 2023. Pastor said in 2023, have already passed and gone. Well, you haven't been going to church, at least, at least not here. <clears throat> at least not here, because I'm waiting till when God says it's the first month. You know, because I, I, I never met Pope Gregory and I got nothing against him, but you don't get the right to change what month a year starts. Okay, I'm gonna stick with that with God. So I'm looking before 2023 to be gone. That's my hope. I'm never going to leave the wisdom of God who has been right about everything to try to come up with my own knowledge and start finding other things. I'm gonna stick with the Bible, okay? And the Bible is saying, <clears throat> Jesus says, when you see Israel rebirth, you're in the last generation. Okay, Jesus said that. <clears throat> Thank you. The last generation, he says, it, it could be 70, but I'm giving them 80 because of their disobedience and arrogance. Okay? <clears throat> so God is telling you, you're in the last generation. I'm not telling you, okay? I'm not telling you. The Bible's telling you, 
When Israel got rebirthed, you became in, in, in the Lador HaHaharon, which means the terminal final generation. Okay? So God wants you, as part of his military camp, to understand what this general is saying about the war that's going on. Okay? Do you know that you're going to, when, you, when, you, when you're in a war and you leave the war and you go, you defect, right? You're a defection. Yes. It means that you left in the middle of a war, okay? Which is the word they use called uh, 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 apost apostasia. Apostasia means to defect from a war or to leave or to depart. <clears throat> it does not mean to fall from your religion. There is another Greek word that means to fall from your religion. But to defect, God is saying the church is going to defect from the earth, meaning that we're leaving a war that's still going on. Yes. We're going to be defecting out of a war that's still active when we leave. Yeah. You defected. You got out before the war was, was over with. Who brought you out? The general said we had enough time there. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Revelation chapter 4. 22 verses in chapter 3. The 23rd verse is chapter 1 of Revelation chapter 4. <clears throat> After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. After what? Okay. Amen. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So instantly he's in heaven. And the one who's sitting there had an appearance of jasper, carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald, encircled, how many thrones it says? One throne, one God. Okay, encircled the throne, surrounding the throne with 24 thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. Guess what? The last 12 that are going to be seated on those thrones can't be seated until after the rapture. That's another study. But you need to know that's true. <clears throat> they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head. From the, from the throne came lightning and rumblings and pearls of thunder. And before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. What does chapter one of Revelation tell us? The seven lampstands are the seven churches. This is chapter four. This is before the Antichrist comes, before the tribulation starts. The 70th week of Daniel is something that happens after you leave. The tribulation starts when you leave. The tribulation may only last five years because Christ is coming back and now he's going to rebuild the temple and then he's going to move into the temple and he will reign from there for a thousand years in the millennium. You say, Pastor Sandy, this is an ancient book. Why do you believe it? Because every prophecy in the ancient book has come true. Yes. 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 And told you in advance what it was doing. <clears throat> I showed the Jewish guy, look, 1948, I'm going to show you a scripture in Kings chapter 8, verse 25. It says, 19 years later, they destroyed Jerusalem. I said, look, 19 years later, after 1948, you got back to Jerusalem. He said, you're right. 
That guy, Jewish guy, gave his life to Christ because I'm showing him Hitler and I'm showing him things that God prophesied in the Bible about Israel before it happened. He gives his life to Christ and gets in an argument with his sister and almost get kicked out the house. But they know, wow, I didn't know it was in the Bible. Yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff's in the Bible, too. We're all here on a mission or a journey or you're, you're, in a, you're part of a war. Hard to get Christians to believe that because it's hard to believe you're at war when cable and you got a good credit card. No. <laughs> it's hard to believe you're at war. But every day you wake up, Satan is like, how can I get them? How, what can I use? And you have to every day get on, pull on the full armor, read your word, keep your sword sharp. You have to be doing the things to survive, right? Because now, you know, who's this? Someone was listening to the kids were listening to Rihanna. You're like, they love Rihanna. And then they always fighting. I was like, they love Rihanna. They love listening to Rihanna and they're always fighting. I said, you should cancel out the Rihanna. Tell them don't, they can't listen to that. And what else? Oh, they love Beyonce too, but not as much as Rihanna. But they're always fighting. She bit her sister. And I'm like, you might want to get rid of the music. You understand? There's some pineal glands being opened up yes, in there. Yes, yes, yes. I can't get Christians to listen to secular music. So then I say, you know what I got to do? I'm going to ask some of my secular artists to pretend they're Christians and make music with Jesus' words. And we'll syncopate the beats so that we can open the pineal gland. And so you go, Kanye got saved, you got a new album out. I'm getting it. Hold up there, little chipper. Don't just run out and start. Give some time to see if he really is saved. Amen. Give some time. You don't just you don't just do everything that the world tells you to do. Because you have an enemy, you have to approach things cautiously. We have enough information to win this war, and especially the war for your soul. You got eternal life living in you. That is so awesome. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I can't believe it. It's like, I'm going to be like laughing and having fun, living in the mansion forever. Yes. I'm going to be traveling and hanging out forever. Yes. I'm going to know Jesus forever. Yes. Will I ever get a cold? They laugh at you. You ain't get all cold up here. Get out of here. I'm never going to be sick. Nope. This is the gift that Jesus gave you. Amen. And you accepted it. Yeah. And there's this little squirmy guy sitting up. How can I steal it from him? Maybe they'll sit it down at a nightclub. Maybe they'll, I'll give him a new girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? Whatever they can do to try and get that gift out of your hand, right? You're like, give me the gift, I'll give you this girl. Give me the gift, I'll give you this drug. Give me the gift, you know, I'll give you this. And you're just like, okay, hold it for me, Satan. What's your yeah. name, baby? Say, <laughs> so like, okay, I'll take good care of this for you. You guys have a good time. You better realize you're at war, okay? Fight the war, you guys. I am so excited to be a part of eternity 
with all of you. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to teach him not.